0: Hey guys, before we get started with episode 26, just a brief heads up, we had a bit of audio trouble on the Skype call the first maybe a couple of minutes, like two minutes I accidentally had the other call on mute like a bloody noob, like I've never done this before. And then unfortunately they had the two guys sitting in the same room. So I think that even though they both had headphones on, it, the Skype wasn't really liking it. And every time uh, Mr. Mac was talking, it it started to um, feedback, and it was super weird. So about 18 minutes in, um, Mr. Mac went and sat next to Rog and then the audio was great from there. So stick it out. It's a genuinely insightful and fantastic conversation from uh you know two very intelligent people in the craft beer industry and it's literally we're talking about history here it's something that's uh, we've never done before and it was a fascinating story so you can either if if it's annoying you skip forward to about 18 minutes otherwise um you will be good to go from then all right guys enjoy are you a brewhead head i'm a brewhead head are you a brewhead head i'm a head Y'all are brewheads. Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do list. Yeah. Yeah. What's good y'all? This is C certified Brewhead and welcome to episode 26 of Beer Not Just a Podcast, Quarantine Edition, Adjunct Series. This evening, I have one of the most interesting podcasts uh, that we've done in a while and I've been we've had this organized I want to say for close to a month. I mean, very uh, very much looking forward to it. Um, this evening we are going to be joined by two gentlemen out of Sacramento, California from a brewery called Oak Park. So we have Rog from Oak Park and Theodore Mac Jr., the son of Theodore Mac Sr., who was the first African-American brewery owner in the U.S. So this is a special one. Guys, welcome. There we are. Guys, seriously, thank you so much for for being here. Daniel, what up, bro? Uh, Really appreciate you guys uh, coming through, spending the time uh, and talking about this because this is a fascinating topic. Um, You know, the beer that we're going to be talking about tonight is literally history in a can. Um, I'm fascinated to hear about it. So, um, first of all, shall we crack the beer? I think that's the most important thing. Lubricate. So this is the, we're going to talk in much more detail, the People's Beer Lager. Uh, I think we've all got different sized cans here. It's the same beer in all of them, right? Yep. Same beer, different can. Beautiful. Um, so whilst we are cracking this beer right now, maybe we'll start with you, Rog, because, uh, you represent the brewery. So do you want to talk about your personal beer history and then move into sort of the history of Oak Park, uh, a brewery out there in Sacramento, and then we'll move on to Theodore. Uh, Theodore, you prefer to be called Ted, right? Is that okay? Ted? Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Yeah, go for it, Roger.
1: No,
2: you can't be having that. I I paid the tab. Took some time off away from his establishment and uh, I invested $400 into myself. So I went out got books on home brewing, uh you know i have friends that were home brewers, friends that own breweries and friends that were commercial brewers and i just started digging in and uh it became a passion an expensive hobby <laughs> <laughs> along the way and uh i just fell in love with it it's a, a great pastime for me so now i do it commercially at oak park brewing company and i'm really enjoying it and i was vetted by kevin johnson one of the un- owners the Oak Park Brewing Company. He used to play with the Phoenix Suns, and also my co-brewer vetted me to come and brew at the brewery because there was a certain dynamic that they wanted, and <laughs> I, I had it. All right. Is <laughs> but, yeah. is Oak Park a black-owned brewery, though? Or it is. It, it is, is one of. It's one of two in Sacramento. Okay. And my buddy that <laughs> my buddy that gave me the beer tab, he owns the other one. <laughs> okay, so so linked up. Okay.
0: Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Just so you guys know, I apologize for everyone mentioning it. I, the mute, when I clicked mute, it didn't unmute you until like a minute or so ago. So they just missed oh, the wow. first little intro. So that was, that was my bad. Uh, but they caught everything else. So I think most of what you're saying was all caught in there as far as how you got into to beer and stuff. Um, so that is perfect. Um, Ted, do you want to tell us about your, uh, your history with beer?
1: Uh, yes, uh, my father was the first uh, African American to own a brewery in these United States. Amazing. Uh, he was first a civil rights giant in Wisconsin. He was the leader of something called CORE, the Congress of Racial Equality. Okay. At the same time, was a lieutenant to T.L. Franklin, which was the father of Aretha Franklin. Oh. He uh, they call the North and Leadership Town. Father was organized and led March Washington come uh with, him. but he knew that true power and freedom is not just gonna come with the vote that gets banks into what they call economic power. And he said he believed that we must become owners to supply uh the good and jobs of the black people. And he okay. said, Who is better to show us love and concern for us than ourselves? And if we want to have success, of must learn how to do it ourselves. So this was his shining moment to be an example to his people to take the next step of what he called economic
0: power. Okay. And the story about how the the beer came to be, or the bre- I'm sorry, so how, we'll get to the beer in a second, but how he. Did, did he take over a brewery or he started it from scratch?
1: I think I remember. Our- yes, uh, this, this uh, he, when he was in the civil rights movement, uh, he knew he had to make a change. His degree was in social work. so he started on that route. And then he started having people, and they promote him over. And that, was not and so and put it And
0: thing Sorry, Ted, the, uh, the audio's kind of gone a bit funny.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, can you hear that? I'm not sure what that, that might be. I thought it was going to correct itself quickly, so I didn't want to but, interrupt you. Yeah. It's hey. almost – I can hear you, but it's almost getting muck. whatever that background noise is. Or is that like – I wonder if I that's – oh uh, was it? Uh,
2: you want to try the headset? Yeah. Yeah, right. try
0: that. Maybe try the other one. The so, I can hear
2: it in my headset. So.
1: Yeah. Can you hear me?
0: Uh, I can hear you now, actually, yes. No. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. So, sorry, to come back to it. So, he uh, – he purchased the brewery or he started it from scratch? was the original
1: question. Uh, you're not starting from scratch. Okay. He ended up, uh, we came home, homes to we the old were the main And this is right after Martin new King got killed. And there were riots in the United States and cities. Worked the city, you see today. I remember at one time, I was told uh, there was a tank, uh, coming down but anyway, a man who my father came home. He said, my name is Jim. And this was John, who was 2 years old pastor. Uh, he was the Chamber of Commerce in New Orleans. And right after the time so they had to make a decision to make a change. And they said, we have to something to make a change. And he, I, 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 he came to the house for a while. And Pops said, I'm not one to be played with. I'm not one to be played with. Okay. And so, uh, he said, Mr. Mack, I know you are. And so, could you meet me at the bridge? My father arrived half an hour. But Wyndham was already there. And that really impressed my father. He said, this is another man of excellence he loved. And so after he gave my father a tour, he asked me a question, how many blacks do you see? And my father said, well, less than I see fingers on one hand. He says, do you think that's fair? My father said, hey, you no, know that's not fair. And he said, this is what I want you to do to help me make this change. My father said, the only reason I will accept this is if I only report to you as CEO. It wasn't me. And so my father ended up hiring about 300 men, mostly black. And my father proved that he was an excellent man. Basically, Quindam wanted him to learn all about the business for everything except rematch. And then um, there was a fate that happened. Destiny kind of came, And there was an anti-trust office against the best, that absolutely at that time, my father saw this opportunity and he ended up writing up a uh, nine million dollar business proposal, which he which was approved by black bankers in New York City. And on the day of the bid process to buy this story, because my father had all the inside information because he worked at at Blast at Pap And um he came to get him $9 million, which was the highest ticket, and they figured, hey, he's gonna win big. No, they let he had him up that bid to 10.8 million. And they basically stole that beer, that brewery from my father. Right. Um, he just went on. And a lot of opportunities came from. He said a lot of it was jump, breweries to buy, but then one brewery from this small town, it's an all-white town in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And they said, this is a good uh, facility. They make good beer, and this will sell. My father was intrigued. He said, I'm gonna go and check it out, which he did, with one of his parts. But then, at the, at the same time, he knew he was not an engineer. So he ended up calling up Wyndham. And he was a friend of them, so Wyndham said, Hey, I owe you one because what we did to uh pass. But what I would do now is I was in my engineer, I was in my mask, and we would check out the whole facility. And they did that, and they tightened up some things that me, tightened up, and then the rest is spirit history. That's when my father ended up buying people fear of our town times in
0: 1970.
1: Okay. And this bad boy is a
0: recreation of yes, it is. one of or the main beer that they, they were making at People's Beer.
1: Yeah, this is the original recipe. Original so, recipe. Yeah, so what you're tasting right now is something that's been waiting to be tasted for 50 years amazing. And this lager, this vlogger right here is a German lager. Okay. And um, I remember at one time when my father was going through this, they said because a black man is owning a beer, is they're going to make an end beer, they called it. And my father said, no, it's going to be the same quality. So he sent it to one of the institutes to rate beer here in the United States. And after they rated the beer, they said, what? Well, this is the most highly one of the most highly rated beers in the United States. And they called up my father and said, you have probably the best beer in quality in the United States. Jeez. But my father really didn't have the marketing at that time to let America know. But because of um, systemic racism, they didn't want to hear that anyway. Their whole thing was to stop this before 30% of their market was taken away by blacks finding out there's a black beer out there. Mm. Or uh, people beer out there. It's not a black beer. That's wrong. Because my father used to say, "It's not a white beer. It's not a black beer. What we have here is a peach beer. And he believed in excellence. He believed in quality and getting the job done, no matter what. I love that. What, yeah. uh, what happened? Is that brewery still around? What was the uh, sort of? uh no. They. Um, there is something in the beer industry called uh, black bag. Okay. And that's basically in the United States how the big boys squeeze you off the shell, okay, and put you on a vine to die, mm. and that's what they did to people's beer.
0: Okay, and that's what they continue to do today.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, uh,
0: what what year did the did the brewery officially close down?
1: Uh, it uh, <laughs> oh, that audio? Did you hear that? Whew. Hey, it stopped. <laughs> it went for two years, and after that, uh, two and a half, three years, and after that, it going well, it's going down. What's
0: coming back. Do you want to maybe try that Uh, the other headset? See if that makes a difference? I don't think that's coming at I guess that's like some sort of a feedback we're uh, catching that yeah. other headset might work. Um, while well, Ted's fixing that one, Raj, so as the brewer of, um, of this beer, like, how did you guys, uh, how'd you meet, excuse me, how did you meet Ted and how did the idea of recreating this beer after 50 years, excuse me, um, come about because that's pretty damn fascinating.
2: So, uh, KJ, uh, he's he's a majority owner of the brewery and that's so why when they opened up the brewery, they had this art piece that was, uh, cute, like, uh, created by Milton Bowen's. And uh, in his piece, he had the people's, the old people's logo. Okay. So, uh, Which is this one? Months, yeah. Okay. Okay. So a few months down the line, uh, Kevin just had this idea. We want to do something different. We want to do something big. And uh, he brought up the people's beer. Let's do something with the people's beer. And uh, you know, my end, I was fired up because I already knew about people's beer. And I was searching for more information anyway. And... Uh, you know, we just put it out on the table to Kevin. Hey, why don't you reach out to the Mac estate and see what happens? So, uh, with that effort, you know, it's was either going to be a yes or a no. And I'm, I'm glad that it was a yes. <laughs> 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 Cause you know, we're, we're sitting here drinking that. Yes. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yes. We can. No, that was good.
0: You should you, should write that. you yeah. should use that. You should use
2: that. Yeah. So, uh, okay. you know, just reaching out to the estate uh that's why we're here doing what we're doing now we're just trying to push the legacy and the story out globally i love that um is is uh the, the
0: recipe itself then did it use the cluster hops because that was something i was this recipe
2: was, is exactly like, identical. Eh? Yeah, okay he's you know the the grains uh, the flake corn and uh, You know, everything's 100%. Uh, this beer, this recipe is actually close to 100 years old. Okay. Yeah, so it hadn't been brewed in 50. So uh, I I think it's very special. It's a tasty beer. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a great representation of the style.
0: And is it like, you said it was a German lager. Would you consider, is it like Hellas or, or something like that? No, it would no? be
2: more, it's like a light lager. You know, light it's lager. like a... Like a yeah, for like 70s. a Coors Light, you know, okay. just, you know, easy drinking, Pabst, Blue Ribbon, you know, it's
0: like, yeah. Okay, because I guess at the time you think in the 70s, I mean, I know, obviously, when we think about beer, it's a whole, you know, you can't even count the yeah. amount of styles, right? So in the yeah. 70s, there's pretty much, Loverish. you know, fizzy yellow water, this beer at yeah. the end of the day. Um, right. Okay, so th- was there any other beers that were made by people's beer back in, in the 70s?
2: That's that's a good question for Mr. Mac, so he can share that information.
1: Yeah, actually, they made uh, something about Yeah,
0: it's still feeding back. It's so strange. I wonder if there's another it's either if I wonder if we can either share one of the laptops, like share
2: it, or a sep- if you go into separate rooms or something. Yeah, yeah, we can. Let's yeah, let's do that. So you can plug your headset up in here too.
0: Yes. Let's see. If that Sorry, works. folks. You know how this goes. We're in a pandemic. here. This is what we have to. You know, everything's always a challenge. Should I should I cut uh, Ted's um, visual yeah. out? Let's yeah. Let's see if this works real quick. Real quick. Okay.
1: Off. Uh, let's okay, <laughs> yeah,
0: let's see if it works first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder how I'm... Oh, I can just actually pull it off the... Yeah. ...screen. There we go. Okay, is he there? So, I can only see you, Rudge. You're, like, dead in the okay. middle of the thing. Yeah. So, even if can it's, like... Hear,
2: is his audio good to go?
0: Let's see. Ted, do you want to talk? Yeah. So... Whoa. There's a little okay, bit of... Yeah, that better? Let's see, Ted. Can you hear me? Yes. I can't okay. see you, though. I can't see your face, though.
2: Yeah, you, you can cut his feed off, and we can go on my yes. feed. Yeah.
0: Let me... Uh, do you know what? Can you, Ted, maybe from that other computer, I don't know how to cut you off this uh, Skype call. Can you just hang up on that Skype call? Okay. Yeah, and then I've taken you out of the live feed. So then that should stop anything from uh, from that side. And then we should be good to go now.
2: Cool, cool. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a, high, I'm not a technology guy. <laughs> so all of this is new to me.
0: Yeah, man, it's no problem. Okay, so now I've got that on the Skype. Perfect, thank you. Okay. It's all good, man. Like This is uh, something we never used to do Skype interviews because we like to go to the place and talk to the people and you know tour the facilities and film it all. And because of the pandemic, obviously, this is the only way for us to – talk to breweries, so whilst it's opened up a whole world, because who knows when we're going to be in Sacramento next, um, it also, there's other challenges, like we've got to figure all this stuff out on the fly, so people understand there's no no problems at all. Um, What were we just saying? Uh, We were talking about the other styles of beers that uh, people's beer made. Yeah, uh,
1: actually um, they had other styles. There was something called Cheap Oshkosh. Okay brewery across the street from people but my father really just brought the labels he
0: didn't buy the beer itself because he said the labels had more value than buying the brewery right so
1: he brought the labels and they just adjusted it for that and then every year they had a holiday beer. okay it's like during the holiday season they would come out with a holiday beer. Uh, so that was the only the ones I remember, the Holiday Beer and Chief Oshkosh. And that one. What would they do? Sorry, continue. Chief Oshkosh, for the main reason, is this is when the uh, big boys were trying to close him down. He mm. said, we go around that because of the distribution that Chief Oshkosh had. He said, that can help us survive as we build up um, People's Beer. Because people, People's Beer had a contract with the U.S. government and with that contract, it was supposed to send them over the top. But they had a contract with the uh I believe it was the US Army. Okay. The US Army actually brought one case of beer. Just uh, my father, my father brought all these semis, had everything in place, and he got a call from one of his contacts out of Wisconsin saying, They're just trying to put you out of business. That's that's their whole game. They're not gonna give you nothing. And that's why um they told him well, what was going to happen and it happened you know my father was warned because he had people inside let's say the structure of the beer industry to tell them what they're trying to do to him. the big beer cartels didn't want to have competition from this black guy who could have took 30 percent of their uh marketing uh marketing in uh in a short period of time, so they knew they had to get him, kill him quickly as part of the business, and that they did.
0: Wow. It's so crazy that they were able to do that, unfortunately so efficiently back then, and yeah. then even, like I was saying, to this day, their distribution strategies are constantly pushing um, craft breweries out of supermarket shelves and gas station shelves and specialty you know, stores and stuff. It's, it's horrendous, and uh, I wonder if I guess back then, being that there were less um, competition in the, you know, right now, obviously there's about 8,000 breweries in the States. Right. Uh, back then, I would imagine they would be in, what, in the hundreds at most, probably? Yeah, you had, you had monopolies back then. It, like a
1: straight That's monopoly, though. Like, yeah. so they probably, monopoly and they, they worked together. Mm, right. When my father, of the first one that he was going to buy, which was blacks from Patrick they worked it out.
2: Mm.
1: They worked it out so that G. Heideman was able to up the bid. Now, if they could up the bid, why couldn't uh, the one who won the bid process up their bid? Right. So let my father up his bid, and then my father saw how that G. Heidemann didn't even have the money at the time to up their bid. Right. So was- My father said, let us go ahead and look at the valuation of the property because my father knew it was worth Millions more, so it was easy for him to up his bid, but they had to have the time to do the valuation, they wouldn't wait 30 days to get that done, right? And so they said, you No, know, they just gonna go with this up bid. They didn't even have the money, they didn't have to come up with it. All right. they want to make sure that this black guy didn't get this black company to that would have competed with them directly, and that, that would have been harder to stop. Okay, so
0: then. The next step, as far as like obviously, you know, they, they did end up shutting the brewery down, but when was the next? Um, like, obviously, your father kicked it off, and that was like the start of, uh, I guess, something that probably still is quite low. Last I heard, it was less than 100 um, uh, black owned breweries, or at least minority owned breweries. Is that accurate, I believe? So, after your father, then what do you guys know when the next? Um, African-American, or at least first of color brewery, was opened in the States?
1: Uh, I, I don't know who was the next after that, um, but I do know that now, because when you see all that's happening, we um, see a minority uh coming out. and uh, just like the gentleman sitting next to me, they're giving new hope because... See, as he said in one interview we had, that this is what Blacks used to do, is make beer, wine, and all these things, you know. They used to do that. And um, now we have an opportunity, but even though we have in the United States, especially systemic racism, had it back then, have it now, even though they would have denied it, but as a father of two Black sons and a Black daughter, black sons especially I know what they go up against. Mm. I have to tell my sons to be careful when they're around the police. Yes. Other coaches don't have to do that. I have to tell my sons of open college. They speak both speak French and one speaks Chinese. Right. So when they stop them in a car, all of those that don't
2: to like us
1: all they see is a threat and that's all they have to see is a threat and that threat can be put out because when we say black lives matter what we mean is that you don't believe we matter mm-hmm. oh we're not asking to be better than anybody else my father was a civil rights worker and he always said you know treat others as you want to be treated but when we were in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, as the only black family at that time, my father said, you represent all your people here. So you can't be crazy, you all foolish. You gotta carry yourself as a man that, uh, I was a young man, but you have to carry yourself with sex. You have to carry, he said, you're first a man. you my son, you represent me. Then you're black, you represent the community. That they don't know, so we gotta show them who we really are. He wouldn't have us getting in trouble. We had to do it. We, we played football. We played the sports. We did all the things you're supposed to do. And um, you know, I remember mostly he was accepted in Oshkosh because my father was a, a, a veteran. He he went to the military. He fought for this country. And I'm gonna tell you a story. This is how racist America could be. My father's from Alabama, he picked cotton. And when he graduated high school, he felt I could get an education like everybody else in in Alabama. So he went to the University of Alabama. They threw his application in trash and said, your kind is not accepted. He went to Auburn University. They basically almost did the same. They let him know he wasn't accepted. But when he got home, a week later also, he got this envelope in the mail. And he was like, wow, where is this? And all of a sudden it says, thank you for volunteering for the U.S. Army. (laughs) My father never volunteered for the U.S. Army. One of those schools in Alabama volunteered my father for the Army. Wow. But my father... Went and did his duty, and when he got into the army, he always cared about others. And he noticed that soldiers always had to clean up after the white soldiers. They went over and fought in the world war, but these white soldiers were rookies. They just came. Right. They just came from training, and they got to go home for Christmas. The black soldiers cleaning up after the white soldiers that went home for Christmas, and they're like, "We the ones. We're the veterans." We went over there to fall. And we came back, and we still don't get our time off. And so my father was arguing with a a higher officer, which is illegal in America. He got court martialed And then uh, he said, uh, a general came by and said, what's going on? And my father kind of told him what was going on. And he said, all right. He pulled the other officer to the side, and he was kind of giving it to him. And then he finally, after that, the black guys got their R&R. So my father was always somebody fighting for other people. He did it in civil rights movement. He did it in, uh, at People's Beard. And even after People's Beard, he um, had a black hospital. He's an administrator of a black hospital uh, with black nurses and doctors. And he fought so that Blue Claws, Blue Shield would pay them. He always fought, but the thing about it, he didn't carry hate in his heart. He showed love to all people. When the was Oshkosh, they thought he was going to fire all the whites at people's beer. He said, no, I'm not going to fire the people who are working hard to make my brewery successful. He said, but if I hire some blacks, and if they work hard to make it successful, I'm going to hire some blacks. Mm-hmm. He said, but I'm not firing nobody. I'm keeping everybody. But that day he brought the brewery, he lost 19 of his accounts, his main accounts, all 19. Well, my father is not one to complain. He says, son, when there's trouble, I send me. And so basically what Pops did was uh, he went out there to meet all 19 of those people and got 18 of them back. Nice. He was the type of guy that would fight. He was well-known in the community. He was part of the Chamber of Commerce. He, he let people know that he's not one of the with. But he did not want to be a threat either, because when he came to Oshkosh for the grand opening of of People's Beer, he didn't carry all his his uh, staff with him and his other business associates in United Black Enterprises. He went there by himself because he said, "I don't want them to see me needing backup." He said, "I want them to see intelligence. I want them to see a man that." you know, carries himself uh, with a bit of class, a man that's not scared, and a man that's scared to run the brewery. And he said, son, I'm going to go up there and run that D-bang. He said, I'm going to do that. And that's what he did. And he, in the politics side of it, used to back governors getting the office, and senators getting the office. So how he really got people is when it came time Use the finances side, and all of a sudden they lost his paperwork. Or when it came time that they, the loan was finally approved, usually in America, you know, you gonna put up twenty percent. But they told him for well, this bird you gotta put up fifty percent. Right. And he's like, "What? Fifty percent?" And he said that got him angry. And I ain't gonna tell you what he said. You say I can trust me. I'm not. You know. Not <laughs> But what he what he said was well, that I ain't gonna tell you. But he said it got me angry in another way. <laughs> and you're not gonna stop, me. right? They think I'm gonna quit. He said no. Instead, I'm gonna raise this money. And he started selling. He wanted to sell stock, but again, the paperwork got lost. The paperwork got stalled mm-hmm. in the United States in the Securities Exchange. They said no, no, it got stalled. I was like, "Wow, that's crazy." Mm. My father knew the governor. He called the governor. <laughs> Guess what? All of a sudden, they found the paperwork. All of a sudden, he was able to sell his stock. So he sold stock in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and he sold stock in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. The only two places you can buy. It. Oshkosh, Wisconsin, was mostly white. He wasn't expecting much, but he went up there by himself. Guess what happened? More whites brought part of people's beer than blacks. Because their families were supported by it up there. My father owned the majority of stock, but the stock that he was selling was brought by whites because he said this is a beer of the people. Ah, oh, he said, listen. I'm trying. He said, we all look at at things in a way that we all learn how to love each other and hate each other. It's easy to hate.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. That's about fear. He used to say that, you know what, in America, he said, the white man in America has created a monster called hate. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He said, what it does is it deafens your ears so you can't hear. He said, it blinds you in your eyes so you can't see. He said, then it does something into your brain so you can't think straight. Mm. And then it gets to a point where hate can start taking over. It infuses you, and you inject your children with this evil. And then your children carry on a legacy of hate. And if you want to see what's going on in America, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have never come to the grips of how our country was founded. Our country was founded on hate." And we never, you know, if I'm I'm married, okay. Whenever I get in an argument with my man, if there's a man say he never got in an argument with my wife, he's not (laughs) married. But whenever we got in an argument with my wife, I found to get solutions sometimes there had to be this thing called forgiveness. But forgiveness never came without somebody admitting that Mm -hmm. I take the blame, and it usually was me. Right. Because I want peace in my home. I love my wife. People say they love their country. They love their their citizens in their state, but you don't act like it. And so Mm -hmm. when we say black lives matter, we're not saying we want to be better than you. We just want you to live up to your creed and your constitution. Give me the same rights that you give everybody else. And then we're cool. Because my father used to tell me, all we're looking for is an opportunity. He said, son, all people's bill to me was an opportunity. And I was determined to make it work.
0: That's amazing. Oh, brilliantly said. Your father sounds like an exceptional human being. Um, right. Tiffany is saying here, the, uh, the system of racism is woven so tightly into the fabric of America. And uh, can only have respect for that level of perseverance, which is, is really what, what it's all about. Um, on, on a lot of those subjects that you touched on, then, Raj, from your side, as a black brewer in America going through this, I mean, like, I was going to say the times are crazy, but let's be like, nothing's changed, as Ted just said, over the you know, whatever, 400 years. How have you found being a black man in a predominantly uh, white industry? Um, as far as like, were you, did you deal with any of the, the sort of, maybe not that level of treatment that, uh, Mr. Maxenia would have, um, received or anything like, how have you found that? Has it been like, we spoke with Marcus from, um, weathered Souls, and he said, he goes, to be honest, like it's been pretty chill for me. He didn't really have many, uh, you know, I don't just worked out well for him, but I'm, I'm curious in, in comparison. How, how has that been for you?
2: Okay, and uh, Marcus, he's actually from Sacramento. Right. Oh, yeah, he is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So a great guy, man, had the pleasure of meeting him a couple times and his family, his pop. Oh, gee, cool. Yeah. (laughs) So I see the fruit doesn't fall too far from the tree. Nice. So, uh, you know, uh, I haven't, everything's been okay. You know, I haven't had any, like, blatant, like, in my face kind of. Incidences, but I grew up in the south, so I know my surroundings. Okay, you know So it's like I'm always aware who's around me what kind of vibes going on around me my vibe But uh, I I found that you know, just being in the beer community You have some good people, right? You know and it's like, you know, we all have that commonality of like we want to talk about beer good beer sometimes you talk about current events or whatever but overall you know the beer conversations i can talk about beer forever (laughs) so (laughs) but uh yeah as far as uh anything like straight up in my face i haven't encountered that but you know i i know there's some things out there and some people but you know it's like i'm not trying to think about that because if you put it out there then that's what you're gonna (laughs) attract to so uh yeah it's been pretty chill for me as like marcus said but uh I'm not looking for it, right? Yeah, that's,
0: that's an interesting perspective because I guess you're right. If you focus on something, that's what you you end up attracting. I guess as long as you say, I haven't had these sort of blockers. I mean, obviously, if you're an owner like Mister Maxine was, I can imagine those level, like that government level and bureaucracy level blockers from financing, from you know permits and all that type of stuff, are much stronger than say if you're just trying to move. You know, I want to brew here and, and such. Did it was it important for you to work? At a black-owned brewery, or was it, um, or did it just happen to work out that way?
2: Well, uh, and you know, like when I was vetted, uh, I had already researched, you know, getting a job in a brewery, and there's no money in it. <laughs> <laughs> there really <laughs> so isn't. <I> <laughs> like, eh, I'm a home brewer at heart, so right. I, like, I can I can live with that. But uh, when I was vetted by Jeff and KJ, you know, it was a long process. But in the end, it made sense. You know, it's like uh, I, it had to be educational. It had to be fun. You know, it had to be about community. You know, as we, I, you know I didn't want to be local. You know, it's right. like if I believe in something, I'm going to put 150% into it. And I'm always going to hype it up because I believe in it. Right. You know, but with this brewery, uh, we're more than just a brewery. We, we're always brewing up something outside of beer. Okay, you know, so we always have things going on, and uh, you know, we're definitely here for the community. Because if it wasn't for the community, we wouldn't be here. You know, and uh, I can share this: uh, when you come to our establishment, it's very diverse all around, front of the house, back of the house. You know, the uh, clientele, the music that we play. You know, so it's very diverse, and uh, when you walk in, you should feel at home. You're going to be greeted. You're gonna sit down next to somebody. You're probably gonna have a conversation. So, and uh, that's you know that's what we believe in, and that's what we project, and that's what we're attracting to us. Hmm. I like that a lot. So, therefore, the tap room, the the, the um, patrons and the
0: staff represent you and reflect the community on the outside. Yeah, I love exactly. that. I I think that's that's the ultimate goal, right? Like, I you I imagine you might be familiar with uh, Crowns and Hops, Tio and Benny. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah. actually having a meeting with. Them. We're we're gonna go online with them tomorrow. Oh, nice! They are like yeah, very close friends of ours for many years. We started yeah, cool. around the same cool. time, and uh, watching their growth has been crazy. Um, so proud of them. And um, the the first time, like we're here in we're in Montreal, Quebec. I'm not sure if you guys are super familiar with the sort of uh, the region. I'm from Melbourne, Australia, so super wow. white. Uh, you know, I mean it's diverse, but it's like overall, let's be real, it's it's pretty white. Canada overall is, is quite diverse. Um, Quebec, not so much. But the first time we, we went on a... Uh, about three years ago, we went to uh, LA and we hung out with them. We went on one of their crew... Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, not a cruise. What is it? Bar, like a bar crawl, a brewery crawl thing, like on a bus. And it was the first time that either of us, like Tiffany and myself, had been in a room with every... You name it. Every ethnic background, gender, sexuality, everything... And we just look at we stop and remember we found ourselves like in Mumford in LA, just stopping like, yo, what? This is this is this is what it's about. It was the first time like I'd seen that before. So, and and it was and it's ridiculous that we were sort of overwhelmed by like, hey, this is crazy. So it's really cool to hear that that's what's happening uh, up in Sacramento. It's it's a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I love that. Um, so I was just thinking as we were talking before. So this the people's beer now. Is this going to be something that? Uh, is going to be a regular thing? Is it going to be a year round? Is it going to be a you know a, a regular sort of collaboration? Even if it's not year round, it's going to come out regularly, or is this kind of a one and done type of situation? It's
1: more than one and done. I, I hope it's so. going to be okay. year round, and we would love to see it around the world. Okay. Father, um, one of the things he when they were trying to shut him down, this uh, how far the United States went that there was an African country that said, hey, there's a black bird. They may need our help, or we may have the finance to help them. Nigeria, where the oil comes from. They were coming to examine people's beer, but you know what the United States did? They canceled their visas. So they could not
0: come. Oh my gosh. It's like one thing after another.
1: Yes. And so my father then knew he said, it's more than this systemic racism. He said, this has gotten personal. Yeah. They won't pay me down. Yes. Now. He's he he got he too got, he got big. But he would not give up. He was a, I wrote a book called Man Unafraid, Reflections of My Father. And in it, I talked about this part of him, this inner drive that he had. Mm. And it really came from when he was a kid. When he was a kid, he used to pick cotton. This is a black man that his mother was a child of a slave. Okay. And he was picking cotton, but they owned their land in this small Alabama town. So it was for the family business type of thing. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, no, you are surviving on this piece of land, but you worked you worked on other white folks' land. Uh, okay. So my father. Uh, remember he was plowing a field cotton field and uh, these white guys stopped in the truck and said nigga don't you know that you're not supposed to walk behind a mural you're supposed to ride and they just started laughing and drove off right and my father was so humiliated he said you know what I'm not going to be doing this the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and then he told another incident when uh, there was this store owner, a white store owner and had a son about the same age as my father, a young man, young they're not even in their teens, they're young and my father comes in to get some items and uh, the gentleman tells my father you gotta call my son sir from now on and he's the same age, they're young kids and my father said I'm not gonna do that and he said well you one of them uppity niggas he said but well, you gonna end up Dead in the gutter, just like the rest of y'all, because you not nothing like the rest of them, not nothing. You're be dead in the gutter with a uh, wine bottle in your hand drunk, because that's what y'all do, and that's who how you're going to turn out. So when my father brought people's beer, the first thing he did, he told my mother, I got to go back to Alabama and do something. <laughs> uh, my mother said, why are you going back to Alabama? Then she thought about it. And she knew who my dad was. And she said, "Oh, I know where you're going. She said, yeah, I gotta have a conversation." He went to that uh, same store. The son is grown now. He said, "Where's your father?" He got his father. His father came out, and he said, "Remember when you said that I was gonna end up drunk and I'm dead before I'm 40 because I'm like the rest of them ends?" He said, "I just want you to let you know." I graduated from Marquette University. I played football for Ohio State University under Woody Hayes. He said, I got my degree. I just bought a brewery in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Does that sound like failure to you? And my father was going to blast him because he wanted to, my father was very highly in- intelligent man. But if he wanted him to say something, my father could break him down mentally. But the guy said, Head, I'm sorry. Okay. He said, I want you to go back and you go, you do that. You continue to do things you're doing because we heard about you. That's great. You keep on doing that. And I'm sorry I said that to you. And my father said, man, you messed me up. Because that's not what I was coming. That's not why I drove all the way back down here. Right. He said, I have to respect that. And that's what I'm saying. You know, that was somebody who took responsibility. They said, I'm sorry. And what America needs to do is say, hey, I'm taking responsibility of what we've done to you. We put you in these ghettos. We, you know, there, there's proof that, you know, Ollie North and the boys brought that crack cocaine to our, our communities and then turned the other way. But now notice God, God is a God that, that is okay. You think you're going to do that? I'm still going to get you. Because now they see their children on these drugs, and now they wonder, oh, wow, it's so bad, it's so bad. But what happened when you brought the drugs in our community, destroying our communities? Mm -hmm. It was okay then, all you talk about is crime. But your kids, when they're doing that, and they start trying to get their drugs, then you put them in treatment centers. What's the difference? There's only one difference. That's why powder cocaine and then crack cocaine has two different penalties in the United States. That's why when they said, hey, three strikes you out, they mean three strikes you black out. It's true. And then one strike, you go to treatment center if you got another hue in your skin color. All we are asking for is, and that's all my father really asked for, is just give us an equal opportunity and let us us have the rights like everybody else has. And then, you know, this God-given talent that we have like everybody else has, we'll find out it'd be better for the whole country, not the whole country, but the whole world. And we have to handle our business, too, because my father really did not appreciate any man that did not handle his business with his family. He would let you know, black or white, you got children, you've got them in the world, you better take care of them because the family is key. So when you destroy the family, you destroy a lot. So, um, you know, I appreciate this time, man. You just got me poured out like <laughs> no, this is I'm throwing up information like this.
0: <laughs> No, this is this is this is gems, man. This is wisdom right here. This is uh, this is this is a blessing to to hear all this from you guys. Um, I love it. everything you're saying. I, I, you know, nothing I can even say to to that because it's perfect. You've nailed it. For any, any criticisms of the Black Lives Matter movement, or you know, something that we're strongly, strongly support here. Um, I wanted to actually ask on, on that note with regard to. That did this did the collaboration at all was it inspired by or did it stem from the the uh, the you know what's been happening over the summer or obviously was this in the works long before um
1: thank you. It, it it basically really uh, when they got to me, it was It did, uh, okay. Because I think there's a movement, uh, Black Lives Matter movement in the beer industry craft beer industry you told me about that yeah i didn't i didn't know about it at the time but when they were doing the research and they researched my father and really look at his history they said wait a minute this guy is the real deal right he is the whole movement of black lives matter he is the whole movement of what we're trying to get you know equal rights he was a civil rights worker He was an entrepreneur back in the day. He was one that would never quit. And that's how uh, my father, um, he left an example to me that if you want something, son, you gotta work hard. You gotta, you gotta outthink the opponent and you have to make sure that you are not in a position where you can let somebody else tear you down. He said, but you don't quit because it gets hard. Is it gonna get hard? Yeah, it's gonna get hard it's going to be higher where you may want to quit sometime yeah it's going to be that but are you'll be the one to have the fortitude to fight through the pain to get your game
0: I love it I love it now that's really cool to know that it was um, sort of it, I guess amplified even by everything that's happening because this, this came at a, a such a pivotal time I mean it's not like this is the first time it's happened obviously it's been like every year every other year it sort of spurs back up again Um yeah. Somebody just hit me as you were talking there. Uh, where was the recipe for this bad boy? Um,
1: you know, I guess you had to. You're trying to get all my secrets, right? <laughs> right? Please, tell me Tell me if I'm going too far, sir. I, I'm just going to tell you that the recipe, well, my father kept a lot of information, okay? okay. And uh, it just, at the right time, I located, let's say I located the recipe. Oh. And it was a recipe for Brewmaster's. Okay, did you understand yeah. it, or was it
0: a little like, what, what does this even mean?
1: Uh, I knew it was, it told, it was a recipe for brewmasters. It said brewmasters have, this is a recipe only for brewmasters, because they would, nobody else would have kind of understand it.
0: Okay. And
1: when they, uh, when Raj and Jeff did what they did, I was really impressed when I heard about it, because they went back to get the yeast that's not even made anymore. Okay. And they went back to get the original yeast made. Cheese. Make the yeast. The original yeast made and some products that seldom use today in this that they're using for this. And this is actually something that you haven't been made like this in 50 years. Right. They don't even do it like this anymore. No. What? They wanted to go through all the steps to get it right, because we wanted to bring back an original. And we wanted to bring back an excellence. And when so you look at the cane, and this is the
0: original design. Can you hold that up a little bit? There you go. Uh,
1: this is an original design that has a little bit of story on the cane that when people drink it, they can read you a bit about what happened. Yeah. And we just want to make sure that people understand that this, this is a continuation of legacy. My father's a legacy. And it's a continuation of a legacy for the people and by the people.
2: Mm.
1: Real folk for the folk. I love it. So, you know, we just want to um, let everybody know that um if you believe uh, that opportunity is for everybody, give it a try. And if you believe that um, everybody deserves a shot and that's what my father wanted to do, just give it to him. They give us an opportunity to show what we can do. And this is, again, showing what we can do. And it's not at a low level. It's at a very, very high level. Oh, absolutely. I was actually just thinking, Ted, were you
0: old enough to drink when this came out in the 70s? Well, you tell me, you know, so you want me to tell all my secrets. I
1: I get right into it, man. I I don't
0: hold back. Guess what?
1: I wasn't old enough to drink, but I was in Oshkosh Wisconsin. So no one cares. I was old enough (laughs) to open that can.
0: (laughs) That's all that matters. So then, was this the, I guess because my original question was, was this the first time you really, truly tasted this beer? So if you tried it back then, did this blow your mind hearing, seeing what, you know, Raj um, and Jeff did I this?
1: I, I stopped drinking. Oshkosh cured me from drinking <laughs> because there was so much people's beer around. Right. I remember, and it's cold, like Canada gets cold. Oh, yeah. I said, it gets cold. Yes, I heard. So um, I'm in high school, and, you know, I, there's a event going on that night. And with you know, Oshkosh, when the event goes on, this happens. Okay? And so I ended up where a friend found me. I thought him am saving my life because in the middle of winter. And I was going to take it. For some reason, something made me take a nap on a snowbank. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> I blame the beer. Definitely the beer. I figured after he woke me up, I better stop this here because it, it was dangerous. it got to be like I really haven't tasted it since I came down here. And this was, when I walked in, I smelled it. I said, wow, this smells like a brewery when I was a kid. And then when I tasted it, because I don't drink. When I taste it, my father didn't drink either. Interesting. He just saw this as an opportunity mm. to employ and empower people. And he did drink one time that I know of. <laughs> They, they drunk him under the table. They said, you don't even drink beer. He said, oh, well, let me show you something. And they just drink my father. He came home one night and he's all like, this person, the only time I seen him drunk. He said, them, them boys right there, they drink me under the table. <laughs> you know? And yes, yes, they did, because I saw how he was walking. Then, yeah. My whole thing is that he was able to talk to people, relate to people black or white. I had a friend from Oshkosh. She said, you know what? My dad was like best friends with your dad. He owned the brewery right next to, uh, he owned the tavern right next to the brewery. And your father used to come in here and talk to him all the time. He said, my father used to talk about him all the time. And It was amazing that my, my, my brother was at one time here in California. And we're in Wisconsin, but he was here in California. And this is after Pop's, you know, been through some things after this, and he was a businessman afterwards. But uh, he said that this man called up. See, what happened in Wisconsin, in the Oshkosh We he had something called a better chance. A better chance program allowed minorities from inner city to have an opportunity to a better life, a better chance in small town USA. And usually, it's mostly white USA. So we being uh, one of the few blacks there, we were. My father was with the house parent. He was gonna take uh, over the guardianship of all these kids when they were there. And so he went to pick up the kid from the airport. The one child to him. And so my dad was waiting for this black kid to get off the plane. He never got off the plane. And my dad was like, "How could you miss the plane? You know, how did this young guy miss the plane?" And then uh, a young white kid came up to him and said, Mr. Matt." He said, yeah, I'm Mr. Matt." And then my father laughed. He said, oh, God, you playing the trick on me. So the underprivileged kid, that you send to Terry Mack, is a white underprivileged kid. He said, okay, I'm cool with that. Uh, so what happened was um, my father treated him like he would treat anybody else, helped the guy out. So here's my, many years later, maybe 20, 30 years later, my um, brother. Is in California. He gets a call from somebody and said, uh, I used to be in the ABC program and I, I want my son to meet the man, the son of Ted Mack who changed my life. Could you meet us? And Moss said, Of course. So he said, when he met him, this white guy, he thought it was a white guy, walked up to him with his white son. And he said, Son, this is Ted Max, the man that changed my life. And he struck my brother's hand and he told him, you know what? I'm gonna let you know. Your dad changed my life. And right now, I'm a district attorney. He said then I was on the streets and your dad helped me. That's what kind of dude he was, you know. He had a heart for others always. You know, I remember one day during Christmas. He brought home a lot of money. He said, "I'm going shopping." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna get the best presents." I was all excited, right? Dad came home with no presents. I was mad. I was like, "What? What you do? You're not a <laughs> you don't got to shop? You going not come back with the big bags and it was, you didn't come back with nothing?" He said, "I just called the family together. I want to tell you." He said, "I just had the best time in recent memory." And we're like. Yeah, but ain't no present. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, you know. And he said, when I was out there, I saw people who were Christmas shopping, but I saw a lot of pain. And he would tell certain people's expressions and how they were putting gifts back uh, a uh, grandmother saying, we don't have no money for that. We don't have no money for that. And then dad would give them a couple, a couple hundred dollars and they would scream he go walk to the other side. Then he'll find, it could be black or white. He'll find an old white guy that just Barely make it without dad would give him a hundred. Give another person a couple hundred. Um, he was screaming, thank you, sir, thank you. He kept doing it. He stayed in the store until all the money was gone. He said, that was the most enjoyable time I've ever had, sir. He said, Cause, you know, it's better to give than to receive. And I said, yeah, you know, I'd rather have some gifts under the tree. <laughs> you know. But my pops taught us integrity. He taught us sacrifice. He taught us that life is not easy. and Everybody's not going to like you. It can be for stupid reasons. He said, because you got to carry yourself. Like he said, always you say, you're a Mac. And Mac men handle their business. He said, Mac, man, use your leaders or teachers, okay? I'm a deacon at the church, so don't tell everybody I curse them. No, no, no. Keep that between us. (laughs) But it don't mean you're perfect. All that means is that you serve others. And uh, that was real important. And my father, that's what he's taught from, his his mother, that you serve others and and you do the best you can. And uh, here's all these people that came from this little shack in Alabama. But they end up doing great things. They made a name for themselves. And what I tell, I mentor young people. And what I tell them is I try to get them to find that gold that's inside of them. Because everybody has a seed of greatness. And a lot of times that that seed has not been watered with the words of wisdom and maturity to tell them and show them who they are. And sometimes when you tell a person who they are, the light goes up. Mm-hmm. i said wow i can do great things yes you can it's not that you've given it i don't look at people who've just been given great things i like people to say hey i went through as we all go through but through your pain came your greatest kind of gain." all right i'll talk enough to you. no i love it uh, uh, this is this is going You're dropping gems
2: this is like a library. That's yeah, right? Like an it's an Like book. It's like Audible book. <laughs>
0: That's kind of what it is, right? Oh, yeah. I have yeah. a question from Tiffany for Ted, but maybe what I'll do, I'll come back to that in a second. Um, Raj, I want to ask you for the beer nerd side of it just to, to switch it up. How was it when you got the recipe from from Ted and then you saw it and you're like, wow, this is something. Like, I mean, imagine it would be handwritten or something from, from the 70s. How did it go when you were looking at it? Like what sort of, um, not translation, but sort of like making it, you know, scaling it to your size equipment, to modern equipment, to, and then create the yeast. Like that's insane. Like, can you just break down the process of what it was like recreating a 50 year old beer? Cause that is this amazing.
2: Is, man. This is going to blow you away. I'm ready. Let's go. We brewed the recipe. We saw it and we're like, Oh, we don't have to change anything. It's already oh, yeah? skilled Really? Crazy, right? So it was like just
0: good to go, easy. It's all the FG, OG, all the. Yeah, yeah. Everything we we knew.
2: When we saw the recipe, we were like, we understood it. You know, it was brewed on a system that was a little bit larger than our system, but we didn't have to make many changes or tweak it. Okay. So, yeah, it was super simple. And uh, I was surprised at how simple the recipe was. Right. You know, so it's a tasty beer, and yeah, we didn't have to do a lot of work. We knew what we were doing, and uh, you know that the, the hardest part was waiting.
0: <laughs> right, because you got the what? Waiting. Six weeks.
2: Uh, we did it in about six weeks. Six six. Yeah. So, but uh, through that six weeks, you know, once we got into the uh, fermenter, you know, we would taste it as it was moving along, and you know, at a certain point, Jeff and I both were like. This is going to be good
0: to be good. Yeah, so we we're super stoked. Yeah. Uh, how did you How did you recreate the yeast? Because that is arguably we the wildest had, spot.
2: We sent it off to a lab, and they grew it from scratch. They knew exactly what, what you're strain about. yeast it was. Mm. Yeah, it took about three to four weeks for them to uh, grow the yeast. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. So uh oh, might sounds too easy. Yeah. And say, say that one more time, and you'll say it. Oh, sorry. It almost
0: easy. sounds too easy. Like you, yeah. when when Ted was saying, like, oh, they, they made the yeast from scratch to replicate it, I'm like, oh, that's going to be a process. But three or four weeks, like, yeah, okay. It,
2: it sounds easy, but you have to feed the yeast okay. to grow it. So it's definitely a process. And, uh, you know, it was, like, if we had to grow the yeast ourselves, <laughs> too, we wouldn't be drinking the beer. Yeah, yeah. Tidal. One of the—I th- don't know why this like popped into
0: my head—but I was like, "Was there any surviving original cans from the '70s that maybe you could pop open and, and you know, take?" Yeah, hold on,
2: that? hold on for a second. I got to take a phone call. Hold no problems,
0: no problems. Ted, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany says, "What message or advice would Ted, or perhaps Ted's father, if he was with us today, uh, have for those striving for black ownership, be it a brewery or other or another type of business, but feels frustrated?"
1: Don't worry about frustration. That's part of business. Okay. Really, In your heart, what is your drive? What do you want to complete? If you have a goal, it's up to you. Are you going to quit? See, most people don't reach their goal, not because it's too hard. They don't reach it because they quit. Dad never quit. This dude was tenacious. We used to call him the wild bull from Midway. Because when we say he's going to do something, he's going to do it no matter who's standing in his way. And he's going to stay focused. He's going to find a way. And that's kind of how I learned when I got research. Because a lot of um, we're sitting in the people's room right now. The people's room has some fantastic items. This is the original people's items there's original people people cases in this room
0: in the room that you guys are in right now oh is that like the actual original can in the top
2: of it hold it up a little more
0: hold it up a little more there you go oh it's those old school ring pulls yeah is that full
2: oh, no it's no, not a full no. can uh but this is one of the original cans from the uh early 70s that's insane i've already seen that in movies oh that is that looks like a can of soup or something
0: that's so crazy yeah yo okay and that, like literally you guys
2: like it's the exact same label that is amazing yeah so uh when i like becca jeff's wife she usually takes care of all the artwork that's so cool okay when they were when they were creating the artwork you know there was some there was some variations but when it came down to it we're like hey man you know it's like it's already done for us just yeah. like the recipe like why change it yeah you know the uh difference with the uh can that we released the uh the cans that we released today they have a black label okay. instead of the uh dark navy oh this just I have the navy one the navy yeah. one yeah yeah so this is for the 50th anniversary of the people's beer that's why we chose to do something different and it's in 16 okay. ounce cans as opposed to the 12 okay yeah yeah so if, if we if we keep producing well when we produce it we're always going to produce it and put it in 16 ounce cans now
0: okay is that what yeah. it was is that the one you just showed us is that a 16 from back that's a
2: 16 ounce can
0: okay um so it's going to be a, a year-round regular thing that people can access
2: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we you you know it's definitely something we want to keep producing, and uh, we just want to take it to a global level. Yeah, it's like the beer is amazing. Uh, I I think it will run with, you know, the big boys. Oh yeah, man. Yeah,
0: it's uh, when I first tried it, I didn't really know what to expect. So I did a one. I think I posted it already. I did a one minute review. So when I first got it, I was like, all right, let me do that one minute and release it this week in the lead up to the podcast. And when I cracked it. It was, like, there's something, like, even though, obviously, I was I was born in the 80s, so I didn't, I was drinking, I guess, in the late 90s or whatever, but the, so I don't know a ton about what beer would have tasted like, you know, back in the day-day, because day, I wasn't drinking the good stuff, but it, it definitely, for some reason, you could just tell it was nostalgic. There was something about it that tastes not from now, but yeah. the the... Obviously, you know, macro beer, like I don't know about you guys, but I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't drink, pa- I hate Paps. I you know, I can't stand any of the macro hey, beers. Hey, high five. Hey. <laughs> Paps is like if my worst beer of all time, like I, I can't do it. So I wasn't sure because, you know, as we were saying earlier, you know, there wasn't a lot of beer in the 70s, like everything was fizzy yellow kind of lagers. So I didn't know what to expect, but I knew it was made on modern beer equipment, um, I imagine your beers would be, you know, uh, of the standard of today. So I was like, I wonder what this is like. And it's like, now I'm on my second can. I'm like, I never drink the same beer back to back. I, I can't do it. Like, I just like the change. And this is such a pleasure to drink because it's only four, seven. Um, like you said, it's got the flaked corn in it. So it's light, to light lager. There's something that's like, even for someone who wasn't there, it's nostalgic. I, I don't know really how to explain that. But it also feels it, there's a quality to it that that, um, that obviously rep- reflects modern uh, you know craft pilsners and lagers and stuff. So I don't I don't know I don't know if you guys could speak to this the profile of it whether from back in the day from Ted or from your side, Roger, doing it today. But I, I don't know. I very very much enjoy it, and particularly when I had it the first time, it kind of took you by surprise. I didn't even know how to describe it because I hadn't had anything like this before. And then now I'm drinking them, talking to you guys. I mean, maybe because I'm involved in the story and I'm like, oh yeah. All right. Tell me more. Like I'm drinking the same, you know, like it's the, the experience of this is fantastic. But yeah, if you guys could maybe talk to the profile from, from both sides to explain being that this beer is trying to go global, which I really hope it does because it's historically significant. There's no better time right now than right now to, for people to be drinking this. Like what, what can people expect from this beer? What are they going to be tasting that
2: maybe they don't get in, in other beers? Okay, uh, okay. So with this beer, you're gonna be able to drink this beer year round. Okay. You know, it's it, my my favorite beer is the one that I can drink over and over and over and never get tired of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I always want another sip. It's like I really. Yeah. <laughs> I only have one back here. But I'm, <laughs> I got to get another you, one. Get
0: for a uh,
2: You know, if you look at you know at the lager styles, uh, you know I, I judge beers as well and uh, it fits the description of a light lager. You know, you want it to be crisp, dry, not too sweet. You know, it's easy drinking, sessionable. Uh, if you look at the uh, color, they're typically like the color that's in your glass, like a light golden straw color. Uh, and it take it to, to, to brew it, it take, not to brew it, but to take it through the fermentation process, it's gonna take six to eight weeks. And a lot of the beers that were brewed in the United States back in the day, they were all lagers. You know, hops were out there, but you know, you didn't have like super, super hoppy beers. And uh, you know, it was, I think in the eighties, and this is in my opinion, I'm not, I can't go back to after prohibition, but I noticed in the eighties and I didn't even drink back then, but there were beers starting to pop up, you know, like Sierra Nevada. It was like Newcastle. Sam Adams. Yeah, Sam Adams, you know, Anchor Steam. Yes. You know, so beers like that, it's like when I got older, I was like, oh, I remember seeing these on the shelf. Now Mm. I can taste them because I was legal, you know. But uh, I would love to find a can of this beer, like unopened with some beer in it. I would taste it. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? You have to. Yeah, I might. (laughs) have some kind of reaction <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm it. like I'm that dude. I'm like, man, you have to taste all of your ingredients. Like some people won't taste their yeast. You know, you have to taste that yeast and see what it tastes like when it's healthy. You have to taste your grains, even your water. Like the water profile on this, like Sacramento water is great for brewing beers like this. We don't have to use a lot of salts.
0: Okay. You
2: know, so but uh yeah it's a straightforward light lager. You know, in the summertime mowing the lawn. Oh, um, yeah. hanging out at the beach you know just chilling this is a a a, a, a season like a oh yeah all season, season there, yeah year yeah, long. <laughs> yeah. beer what's the new word crushable crushable crush so the kids it are saying year long.
0: Cr- oh it's just super crushable so yeah. the other thing i was even thinking for people aside from, from from your boats have you guys either of you had any experiences with maybe people with who've come in and, and tried the new version because they'd had the original back in the seventies. Like has anyone come in and just
2: had their mind blown by this yet that you've seen? You know, that's, that's a great question. And I would, I would love to see that reaction. And this is something we talked about like a few weeks ago. Uh, if we could link up with the brewery in Oshkosh, if there are any, I don't know if there's any breweries there or not. Okay, Okay. any other other breweries Uh, that that you know There might be some newer ones. Yeah. Okay. 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 But yeah, so we we were talking about it. It would be cool, you know, if we could link up with the brewery and brew it, and maybe we could get some of those older people to come in and, you know, give some feedback on the beer. But uh, that's something we talked about. That would be amazing.
0: I'd love to see a video of that, of just people – like, cause that nostalgia is, is meaningful, um, these days. And, and it's something that probably people wouldn't really get very often, particularly with something bigger you know 50 years old. And then not only is the beer tasting the same, the, the label is, you know, almost identical, all of the same features. And, uh, I can imagine just being tripped out, particularly something that hasn't been around for so long and people just lose their mind. Cause right. then, you know, all those, those flavors, are you know, they really bring that, it, it puts you back. In, yeah. in a place, right? And there's nothing really much stronger than, I guess, smells and flavors that put yeah. you back in some way. Like, like you said, uh, Ted, that you, know, you walked in the brewery, like, man, it smells like when I was a kid. And I'm assuming that yeah. you were talking about this beer specifically because it yeah. would smell different to the yeah. other beers. Like if they were going a stout, it wouldn't be yeah. the same. So yeah. I can imagine somebody would be uh, completely bugged out by this. Um where so as far as like where people can get the beer right now obviously is it got distribution throughout california is it just up in northern cal uh nor cal sorry
2: is that what's called nor cal yeah nor cal okay yeah northern california so uh, right now we're definitely northern california so we work with a distributor called sakani okay so uh they're doing some amazing things for us and uh we're definitely looking to expand uh there's going to be a lot of legalities that we have to go through. Oh. So, uh, you know, hopefully down the road, uh, we can do some stuff outside of, you know, Northern California, at least get it down to Southern California. Yeah. But, uh, I think people need to try this beer. And, uh, you know, the one thing about Oak Park Brewing, every beer that we brew has a story. So you might not okay. remember the beer but you're going to remember the story. And if you remember the story, that's going to make you remember the beer. Okay. Yeah. Stories behind all of our beers. Is that something that, um, have you had much to do with that? The
0: story side, or is it kind of like, does that stem from like the ownership or is it more like, uh, if
2: that's, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I got to give Jeff and Becca. So Jeff, Becca and I, Mm -hmm. we are the brew team, you know, so we talk, we communicate a lot. And, uh, you know, it's like we were talking about this like early on when I joined the team. So it was Beck and Jeff over a year ago. And then I came on probably a few months okay. after that. But, uh, you know, so I don't remember some beers I don't remember, but I remember stories. Oh, mm. yeah, the one about the, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. So we just stick to that. All of our beers have a story. All of our art boards that we make for the beers, when people come in, it's an icebreaker. Right. You know, so how did you guys come up with the artwork? We tell them a story. They won't forget the beer. You know, so that's something that we constantly do. We have a story with the beer. Jeff and I, uh, and I think we have the same mindset when it comes to, like, formulating the recipes and what we want out of the recipes. And uh, we just make it work, man. It's like we communicate. If, if we're not digging on something, we sit down and figure out why we're not digging on it. You know, and then we, you know, we make that beer. We try to get it close to what we want. You know, because uh, you're as you're as good as your last beer.
0: I guess in this uh, in this market, right, everyone wants what's what's new, what's next. Um, yeah. At the same token, the interesting thing, I, I'm not sure what it, what the trends are right now down there. I mean, I feel like craft lagers and pilsners are, are definitely on the rise, seemingly everywhere. It's becoming something that um, even my, I'm typically a haze kind of guy, and every time I go to a brewery now or well, well before the pandemic, I guess, but I'm always like, where's your pills? That's all I want straight away. First thing. And I feel like if even like a guy like me who's obsessed with that stuff with all the haze can, is going to that. And then now this is like another level. Cause there's like, Oh, a, a, you know, a craft dry hop lager or something. That's cool. But this is like nostalgia in a can. That's that's fire. So it's like, it's like a whole other concept to wrap my head around. And I imagine But in the end, it's not difficult, but I mean, like, it's changes in the game. Like, imagine recreating beers that don't exist anymore and then tasting them today with all the ingredients and maybe more modern equipment and stuff like that. that That's cool, man. Like, you guys have really stumbled onto something that is uh, legitimately impressive, uh, both in the quality of the product and the concept in and of itself, and then just being, you know, the descendant of, of the first. I mean, that is like, that's history. Right, right here, yeah. you know and doing it with a uh, you know <laughs> one of the, one of the two black owned breweries in Sacramento is just a beautiful it's a beautiful thing it genuinely is and it's telling it's, you know the story of beer from my understanding black people were the first people to make beer on the on, on earth you know whatever were hundreds of thousands of years ago and you know you guys really playing a part in, in, in potentially introducing craft beer to um, a demographic that is extraordinarily underserved as far as, you know, what T.O. From, from Crown's Hobbs always says to me, because, man, there's, there's no craft in the hood. Like, you go there, you be getting Sinaiads and Old English and all this garbage. Um, they're trying to feed people kind of to what you were saying earlier, Ted, and, and this might now, maybe, you know, maybe the kids might not understand it, but their parents might be like, I used to drink this. Like, here, you know, the kids are of age, like, yeah, try this. I drank this back in my day, and that could introduce people to new beer so what you're actually doing is is this is playing a, a large part, part potentially in growing the industry growing a very very important demographic because yeah. like you're saying beer is for people it's not for color everybody yeah. has a palate, and it's it's i find it same as anything with beer with coffee with good food with wine once people discover the good stuff you can't go back
1: right
0: and yeah. um this is this represents that to me. I think it's just phenomenal. It's the coolest thing. It's very, very cool. I'm I'm very honored to speak to you both about this, guys. I really appreciate it. This is so sick. You. Um, you both you. should be extremely proud. And I, I, you know, I really want this. I, I want this to work for you guys. So I think, and I think it will. It's going to keep keep putting it out there. And I feel like uh, once people discover it and try it, I think people are going to bug out and be like, "Man, this is yeah. what beer used to taste like." And now it's this is phenomenal. Fifty years later, like you can't go wrong. It's it's amazing. It's season, yeah. um, what's what's sort of what 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 can you tell people about maybe the future of of um, of people's beer specifically? You know, and, and Ted, what are you doing next?
1: And then Rod, what's up with with Oak Park? Like, what, well, what, what, I, what you are hitting it right on the head. That we're making plans to expand. Uh, we're targeting certain areas, especially areas where my father was. Okay, uh, my father actually. He, one of the things that he did, he found distributorships, and he sent it. Like he sent a railroad car full of people's beer down to California. Okay, it works. Uh, my father, uh, we settled in Atlanta, Georgia, and so we're looking to do things there. Atlanta, He, he that. came from. He came from Alabama. So uh, we're looking at some of the things that, you know, we're going to go through there, some of my father's roots to get it done. So it it is very powerful what we're doing. And even we're looking back, like you said, wouldn't it be great to do something in Oshkosh? Yeah. Take it back. Take it home. That's where you would have the people who their fathers, because I I talked to some of my friends from Oshkosh and they said, wow, Ted. My dad used to drink your beer every day, you know? We always had some people in the house. Of course. You know. And so they understand the legacy and see they are just now finding out that this is coming out. And on tomorrow, I'm gonna, you know, I got, we have a few things going out on the people's beer uh, code. Uh, on uh, on Instagram and uh, there's going to be some things on Facebook and you know and Old Park Brewery you know we linked up to do some things so we're going to get the word out there and then as we drive demand we must make sure we have the production to handle that demand and also make sure that you know when uh, some of the tricks that are played on us before we got to be ready yeah we got to be ready but but you know I think there's such a hunger now oh yeah this. This is a this now times in life. It's about timing. It was a great idea. and my father was a great man, that that pushed it as far as he could. But what if now is the time? You know. Yeah. And and when we're looking back and we're seeing the same kind of stuff that we're still fighting over. Mm. You know, not loving your brother because he may not look like you. That's about the, Craziest thing I it's ever ridiculous. heard, it's and, 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 and um, the reality is that um, hate only destroys, but love is the thing that holds us together. Because our Lord, oh I remember when we were in Akash, Okay, we're about to move away. Very close down. My father's doing other businesses, sister he's gonna be walking. So he says, "You know where I'm gonna sell this house." I stayed in the house because I was in college, but my younger brother had to finish his senior year and we didn't wanna move him. So, since I worked on weekends, I made enough money to take care of the house and everything else, so that's what I did. And uh, when we were gonna move, neighbors came up to us. Some of them very sad, like, you know, I'm sorry to see you go, you know? And we're like, what's going on? They're like, because before, the Max came to our neighborhood. We thought blacks were what we saw depicted on TV and on the news. And they said, that's a lie. Because that's not what blacks are. They said, you know what? They have that show on TV called Cosby. He said, here it is in our neighborhood is the real Cosby. Your father owns one of the biggest companies in this city. Your father always makes sure you guys do the right thing. My kids have slept over your house, ate your food. You have changed our whole perspective and dynamic, and I just wanted to tell you, thank you. See, when you stop fearing each other and start learning each other, you find out You can look at a man's heart to discover who he truly is. It's not what others say about you that matters. It's what you say about yourself or what your God has said about you. I believe in who I am with my God and with who I am in my family. I try to live with the things my Father has taught me. And I try to raise my sons to stand on their own two feet but do it with intelligence. 'Cause my father loved intelligence, and I said, "My sons, you gotta learn how to think your way out of a situation." Mm. I said, "As a Mac, you can't look like everybody, everybody else walking through the ice, looking at their feet, that meaning looking at what's before you." I said, "But as a Mac, my father taught me how to look around the corner, hmm. I see what's around the corner, so you can perceive what's coming after you before it comes. So you gotta think your way out." And my son was in college. They're both in college right now, twin boys. My daughter is um, uh, down at FAMU in college going on her last year. And I want them to be able to be productive men and women. Black men and women, yes. But productive men, men and women in society, knowing their worth, you know. Because daddy always tells them that you're valuable. Daddy always tells them that you're important. Daddy always tells them that any dream you can conceive, then you believe, then you can achieve. I have to get them ready to match the moment of their life. And I tell them who they are. Uh, Every, I have books that I've written, you know, notebooks that I've written positive things about them as they grew up. So if they ever think they're not loved or their daddy never loved them, all they have to do is read through them books. What did I say when you were two years old? What did I say when you were five years old? Look and see what I said when you turned teenager. Look when you made your first decision to go college, you believe in me. Look what I said when you turned into a man, you're 20 now, or a young lady, you 21 now. I still believe in you. But also, these are some issues I see that you, you stumble at, but you can overcome. Hmm. I'm real with them, I believe in them, and I've given them the right kind of structure. Because, see, this man did running from this responsibility. say, am I perfect? No, by no way, no, 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 I'm not. But I'm present. My son said, Dad, thank you. He told me that I think last year he came over to college. Thank you. I said, thank you for what? And I said, man, I love you. He said, no, Dad, you were there. And I see some of my friends who dads weren't there and I see the wounds on their soul. He said, Dad, even though the hard stuff you've been through, you stayed, you were there for me. So, you know, if we stay, we're there for, we believe in the dream that we have inside of us, be it a business or whatever it is, because we each have talents. Just do you, but do it in excellence and be a significant power source to somebody else lift somebody else up touch another life don't go forth with this hate try to love one another try to honor our differences and respect it i don't have to be like you to be with you you know what i'm saying 100%. and that's 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 all i'm saying that given the opportunity we all have greatness in us but we all don't support each other. In, in my marriage, I'm not. Like my wife, she knows me. You know what she just did? Gave she gave him
2: the she, she gave me
1: a <laughs> shut up signal. People like this. She's like, kill it, wrap it up, wrap it up. Yeah, wrap it up, <laughs> because she knows me. You know, but that's okay. Because I've learned that, you know, the man is the head of the house, yeah, but the woman turns the neck. I end on that.
0: I love it. This is not even a beer podcast anymore. This is a uh, <laughs> this is this is life lessons right here. Um, oh, yeah. This is beautiful, honestly, guys. This has been an honor speaking to you both. I genuinely appreciate your time, and, and I'm, I'm super super glad we connected. Uh, learned a lot. I hope people listening and watching learned a lot of, about everything that's happening here. Um, just before I wrap it up and get everybody to uh, tell us where they can find it, what we need to do, I need to take the thumbnail for YouTube. So I take a screenshot. Could you guys hold up, like get both of your faces, if that's okay, in the screen there and hold up the, the can? Uh, Ted, you've kind of got half your face in. I might have to go a little closer if you want to get to see the, see that pretty face in the pearly whites. There we go. Ready? There we go. We got it. <laughs> you guys are legends, man. Uh, both, both of you, uh, where, where can everybody find out everything about what you're doing, you know, website, social media, all that type of thing? Uh, you can find us on People Bear Co. on
1: Instagram. Uh, I am Ted Mack II on Facebook. Uh, we're working on a, a new web page right now, so I'm not going to put it out there yet. Okay. Uh, but um, Oak Park.
2: Yeah, so you can find us at uh, Oak Park Brewing. Uh, it's okay. Let me make sure I get this right. Come on. On Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. Let's go. Op Brewco. That's the one. There you go. And the website. Uh, I, this is. I'm a sucker right now because I want to make sure I get this right. It's okay. You reach out to the beer. Oparkbrewing.com. oparkbrewing.com. Yeah, I think so. But you can Google find it; it'll stuff. come up. Yeah. yeah so uh, you can find me and my uh, daily woes <laughs> on uh, Instagram at uh, Blacks Brewed Beer. Yes. B L A S Brew beer and uh yeah man It's That's like a cool uh, account. any platform blacks black brew black beer i love that you can find it. yeah it's a
0: great initiative man it's uh just really showcasing
2: uh, so one quick question yeah. so you said tiffany had a question for mr matt yes
0: I think I asked it while you were off screen, but he, she was, uh, when you took the call very briefly, but she basically just said oh, that, yeah. uh, she wanted- you in the can. So. yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> no, Hey man, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm gagging right now, but it's okay. You got to like, you <laughs> know, <laughs> it's the problem with the beer podcast. I could ask, usually I'd ask you a question that would be a long answer. I'll be like, I'll be back in a second. Let you keep talking, but <laughs> okay. we, th- we, 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 we pushed through. Yeah. Tiff was just asking about, um, uh, advice for people striving for black ownership. Um, yeah which yeah. is a, a good question because particularly in an in a industry like beer when there's so little black ownership, it's like less than 1%, um, which is wild out of 8,000 breweries. So uh, I think what you're doing is going to start to push that number up and get more people interested in the ownership and even people like, uh, you know, Tia and Benny, having, they have a, a diversity um, uh, fund now where they're giving money yeah. to, uh, or grants, I'm sorry, I think more than a fund, with, you know, able to help uh, you know, up and coming breweries, you know, with all the, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, opening a brewery is no, no small thing as both of you know, you know, it's literally these days millions of dollars or at least you know, one to two, um, you know, without everything, branding and equipment and permits and so on and so forth. So, um, no, I think this has been like super educational, um, yeah, man, I, I can't thank you guys enough. K- stick around to the end. I'm just going to wrap up the podcast. We'll wrap up the live, then we'll wrap up the Skype. So, um, if
2: I can say this, correct, yeah, please. Uh, please. We're going to be streaming live uh, tomorrow at the 50th. So tomorrow we're doing the 50th anniversary of the People's Beer nice. here at the Brewery. Okay. So uh, it's definitely going to be COVID friendly, but we're streaming. Okay. Everything online. So uh, if the weather doesn't permit, we're still going to stream. All the vendors are going to stream online. So. If you guys want to check us out and see us in action, uh, yeah, just go to Op Bruco on Instagram, and you know we should start streaming live at three o'clock p.m. Uh, Pacific, Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. No, that's
0: perfect. So yeah, guys, make sure you tune in, check that out. This is this video will be up now indefinitely, so it's going to be people can rewatch this and they'll see that. So tomorrow being Saturday, October the tenth.
1: Yeah,
0: that's exactly. amazing. I love it guys uh gentlemen thank you so much i appreciate you very 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 thank much you. Thank um you. everybody if you enjoyed the episode smash the thumbs up hit subscribe below and hit the notification bell so you know when the video drops follow us on social media at baos podcast check out the long form audio so you can hear legendary we got no, you can hear history on this damn podcast um appreciate it every week we're here at 8 p.m on fridays for the foreseeable future episodes on audio every wednesday uh rate review subscribe on
2: apple podcast spotify all that good stuff We'll see you in the next one, guys. Cheers.